I'll be reading from Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 14 through 20. Sing aloud, O daughter Zion, shout, O Israel, rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away the judgments against you. He has turned away your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst, and you shall fear disaster no more. On that day, it shall be said to Jerusalem, Do not fear, O Zion. Do not let your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst, a warrior who gives victory. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will, he will renew you in his love. He will exult over you with loud singing as on a day of festival. I will remove disaster from you so that you will not be, bear reproach from it. I will deal, deal with all your oppressors at that time. And I will save the lame and gather the outcast. And I will change their shame into praise and renown in all the earth. At that time, I will bring you home. At that time when I gather you, for I will make you renowned and praised among all the peoples of the earth. When I restore your fortunes before your eyes, says the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. And in the uh, uh, trees I was walking in yesterday, it was bright gold. Right in the middle of all of the green pine trees was this beautiful golden leafed tree. And I just thought uh, of how beautiful that is and, and, and how really probably no one else walked uh, through those woods, or I hope they haven't, um, to see the beauty of that tree. Yet God sees it, and God uh, has created the, uh, the wonderful colors that are there. And it's such an expression of joy. And I saw another tree that was off in the distance that was a pecan tree. It had no leaves on it at all. Everything had fallen off and it had that that dead of winter look all about it. And it just reminded me that even beauty is fleeting and things that blossom and things that bring color uh, also fade away. And as we come to this Sunday of Advent, as we think about joy, Uh, we realize that sometimes it is around us with such beauty and it is so vibrant and powerful. It inspires us. But there are other times in our lives when when joy cannot be found. And all we can see is the the dead of winter in our lives and, and to see what perhaps is lost and no more. And sometimes it's hard to remember that there could ever be joy in our life again. In this season, we see people all around us who are searching for joy. We see it in the commercials and we we hear about it uh, as we talk to our friends and our neighbors about different things that we're going to give or things that we hope to receive. And as we think about all of that, we are looking for happiness. And we sometimes forget that happiness and joy are really not the same thing. Where do you find joy? In your life. Not just happiness that comes and goes, but where do you find real joy in your life? We've heard from Zephaniah today. Probably uh, you haven't been in Zephaniah for quite a while uh, as you've read your morning devotions or in Sunday school class, but Zephaniah is such a powerful uh, book that God has given us. These words that God was speaking through Zephaniah, to people who were looking for joy. People who once knew great joy in their lives, but because uh, of situations and circumstances in their lives, they were no longer feeling it. And so God 
speaks great words of joy and promise to them. And as we hear these today, they remind us where we can find joy as well. There is that kind of joy that comes from understanding that your day of deliverance is coming. And that's what he said to them. The Lord has taken away the judgments against you. Isn't that great? If we just stopped right there, that would be, uh, we would say that's good news, right? The judgments uh, that have been against you, they're taken away. He has turned away your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. And you shall fear disaster no more. What a fitting word that is today. We fear disasters, whether it's from the tornado warnings of yesterday uh, or the the threats of terrorism or the threats that we uh, face in our own neighborhoods. They faced one as well. But you shall fear disaster no more. On that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Do not fear. O Zion, do not let your hands grow weak. The Lord, your God, is in your midst, a warrior who gives victory. He will rejoice over you with gladness. Think about that picture that Zephaniah was painting for them and this imagery of of God rejoicing over them. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will renew you in His love. He will exult over you with loud singing. A great celebration that would go on because of them and, and because of this presence that would go with them, the presence of God. Again, these were people who were looking around and seeing the desolation and the emptiness and the loss. And God wants them to know their day of deliverance is coming. It wasn't right then as He spoke these words, but it would come one day. And they were to hang on to these words during that day. There is so much that is here. And we could take this text and spend a lot of time with it and think about judgment and think about enemies and think about fear and think about what it means to be renewed. And I hope that you will think about those words as you go on. There's another verse that's here also that has great meaning uh, for us and it certainly did for them in verse 20 there. Uh, it talks about the, the renewal of uh, the fortunes that uh, God had for them. The fortunes that they once enjoyed in Jerusalem and in other places, that God would restore to them that which was lost. That God is the source of all things, is the great reminder that would come to them. Uh, there are some studies that have been done of... Uh, brain activity, all kinds of interesting things that are being done. And in fact, in neuroscience, that's, uh, that's my brain right there. Um, actually, mine is not quite that big, and there's not that much activity. But, um, but studies that have been done about uh, different things, uh, they will uh, hook people up to equipment and run different tests on them. These are tests, hopefully, that people volunteer to do. And um, if you eat a piece of chocolate, for example, what happens? Uh, your endorphins or whatever they are, uh, you know, they, they, uh, you feel loved, right? Uh, maybe we should have passed out chocolate on such a rainy day. But you feel loved. There's something chemical that is going on. And there's a part of your brain that is lighting up. And so different things that relate to pleasure 
or fear or different things, you can see how this uh, reacts inside of your brain. But one of the studies that has been done is about hope. And as uh, a, a picture of the future and what the future could look like and a preferred future for someone uh, will light their brain up in such a way that, that they can detect this and, and see the chemistry of, of what is going on inside of them. And if they show something that causes fear, then it shows something very different. As we hear words about joy and as we hear about how God has a day of deliverance for us. Our brains light up, don't they? As we hear the good news that God has given to us about things that can be, things that are coming, then we realize there is joy. And what we need to consider is that whatever it is that we're going through, whatever problems or challenges that come our way, they're not going to last forever. But we feel that, don't we? We feel the weight of our burdens. We feel the anxiety that comes, whether it's from a pending bill or whether it's from a health situation, whether it's a troubled relationship or just uncertainty about employment. That we can understand whatever it is we're going through, it's not going to last forever. God brought deliverance to His people. And we see the faithfulness of God doing this all the time. And God will bring deliverance in our lives as well. Why is that so hard for us to consider when we're going through difficult times? Zephaniah would have us look up. That's what he was doing with with his people. Uh, As they would hear these words, they were to lift their eyes up to God. And as they would look up, they would see a God who is rejoicing over them a God who is in their very presence renewing them, this constant state of renewal that would go on inside of them. Just when they felt tired and they could go on no longer, God would give them a second wind to renew them, to say, it's coming. It's not here today, but it's in process. And one day you are going to experience deliverance from what it is that you're going through. There's no other explanation there. There, there, There's nothing that Zephaniah can say about why it is they were going through, although he does speak words about judgment and they certainly understood things that were coming uh, their way, understanding that it was because of their rebellion and sinfulness and other things. But a lot of times they attributed God uh, to things that may just happen to us as human beings. There's not any great explanation there. And you won't find any great explanation either for the things that happen in your life. But what you can know is that in the midst of whatever it is, God's presence is there with you. We sang about that earlier, didn't we? And as we light the candles, we think about God coming to be with us. This Emmanuel, God with us. I hope that you're experiencing God's presence in that way and understanding that whatever it is that has been taken from your life, whatever it is that's missing, God has that ability to bring restoration. God has that ability to heal and to make you whole once again. But there is also the joy of realizing that God will bring justice. I love this part of Zephaniah. 
Uh, it says, I will deal with all your oppressors. You might just think about what that means in your life. I will deal with all your oppressors at that time. God says, don't worry about it, Israel. Don't worry at all. I know there's some mean people out there. I know they've, they have taken your cities. They have destroyed uh, everything that you hold dear. They have taken you away from your home and, and you're living in a miserable existence. And I know you want to get back at them. But I will deal with all of your oppressors. And I will save the lame. So it's not only about physical things that they owned or possessed. It's about health. I will save the lame and I will gather the outcasts. I think about Syria and the Syrian refugees and others who uh, come to uh, freedom. And there's the great debate in our uh, government and, and with some of our leaders about whether or not they ought, we ought to welcome them in. As I read verses like this, I, I see God's perspective about outcasts, right? Not just the lame and the lepers, but people who are indeed outcasts. God gathers people together. And I will change their shame into praise. Do you like that? No one's smiling. Just smile a little bit. There you go. I will change their shame into praise. How many of you know what shame is? We all have felt shame at different times. And sometimes we feel that ourselves. We, we make ourselves feel that way. In fact, I would say most of the time we do that to ourselves. But there are other times when people shame us. Whatever the source, God says, uh, I will change their shame into praise and renown in all the earth. Those are great words. I love the fact that God looks out for us. I love it when I am traveling down the highway. I always have these highway stories. And somebody passes me up, especially on I-20 when you can go 75. And, and usually I'll push it on up to 79, right? There is grace from what I hear, all the way up. If you go 80, you're probably going to get a ticket. But if you go 79, you're probably going to be all right. But uh, when I'm just, I'm doing my job to, to drive quickly and, and uh, I get over in the right lane, you know, after I pass somebody. But when somebody gets on my tail and they start honking or flashing their lights uh, or, you know, pulling over to the side so they can, you know, as if you don't see them already and, uh, and they want to get past you. And so, you know, you, what I do is uh, tend to slow down, you know, to 40 or something. Just, and, you know, then they honk or whatever, and then I'm afraid I'm going to get shot. So I finally get over, and they fly past, right? And there are all kinds of gestures that I am tempted to make as they are flying past. But I've learned not to do that. And so I keep both hands 10 and 2 or whatever the new thing is. And so as they fly past, I curse them. Uh, in my mind as they go by. But I think, uh, you know, I sure hope they get a ticket when they go by. And for some, occasionally, you know, you'll see maybe 10 or 15 miles up the road, you see them off to the shoulder, and you see the lights that are going. What do you think when you pass them by? Mm-hmm. Yep. You deserve that. And uh, sometimes I'm tempted to honk, right? Like, yeah, look at you now. Look what happened. But if I do that, I know that the, the uh, ticket karma 
will get me and I will be on the shoulder as well. But it's that feeling of knowing that somebody is looking out. Somebody is in charge of justice, right? And that's what God wants us to know, that we will find joy in understanding and realizing that God will bring justice. God has your back. Have you experienced that in your life? What is it? That God says to us, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. In other words, don't avenge the things that have been done to you. Don't go out and seek revenge for what people do to oppress or to hurt you. Realize that I am going to take care of it. I will deal with all of your oppressors. Not just some of them. Not just the biggest and the meanest ones. I'll deal with all of them. Martin Luther King Jr. said... The, uh, the moral universe, the arc of the moral universe is bent toward justice. And that was what he had dedicated his life to. Believing and understanding that God is a God of justice. And there's so much need for justice in our world, isn't there? Talked about the, the Syrian refugees and And we can look at all uh, different kinds of of situations in our nation, our world, and certainly right here in our own community where there is injustice. And sometimes we wonder if God is even listening, if God even cares about the things that go on, about poverty and, and human trafficking and discrimination. And we wonder... Francis Kelly's going to come up in a little bit and, and share about, uh, give an update on the burn in Minden. If you looked in the paper today, there is a, a, an article about that and a picture of, of how they're going to do this, hopefully. And uh, as you hear about that, there is that, that justice that is there. We are to do our part in justice. We participate with God in that, but we allow God to be the one who is truly judge and takes care of justice around us. So you can know with the people who have mistreated you and the situations that you're in, and as you deal with the situations that we have here in our community, that God is concerned. And God will deal with it. God cannot be mocked. And that leads us to rejoice. And it leads us to rejoice in the midst of it. But there is also the joy of giving good news, that joy that we experience. And this is where John the Baptist comes in. Uh, we can't get away from him, right? We talked about him last week and, and uh, how he was out there following the call that God had given to him. But if you look in Luke chapter 3, and as we heard it earlier, um, it, talks, it gives more of what was taking place there. The crowds, as John was calling people to a baptism of repentance, the crowds started to say, What then should we do? Okay, John, we get this baptism thing. We'll get baptized. But what are we to do? I mean, what what is this prepare the way stuff? How do we actually do that in a tangible kind of way? And so John goes into some great descriptions. I think maybe we uh, have have some of those scriptures here. I didn't include those here, but you can look there in the scripture about if somebody, you know, if you have two coats and you run across someone who only or has nothing, 
then you give one of your coats to that person. If you run across someone who is hungry and you have something to eat, then you share with them the food that you have. John said, do things in a very practical kind of way. It's not difficult. I don't know if they had rocket science back then, but he would have said it's not rocket science, right? The way that you do things for God in this world is by treating one another in ethical kinds of ways, that that you share what God has done for and with and in you with the people around you. And then it says, so with many other exhortations, he proclaimed the good news to the people. For John, this was good news. That there would be a people in the world who were bringing heaven into earth. Which is what we've prayed in our Lord's Prayer, right? Isn't that what Jesus taught? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. Well, how does that happen? It happens when God's people begin to share with other people. And this is good news. Good news is given to other people. It's not a theory. It's not a a principle. It's action. And we find joy when we do that. I, I guarantee you that you will have the greatest joy in your life when you're serving other people, right? It's probably why you're here. That's kind of the foundation of Church for the Highlands. Not that we would do it to get joy, but we experience joy when we do what God says we ought to do for other people. And that's when we experience real joy. So you can find this in doing practical things for other people. What is that going to be this next week? Think about that in your own life. What is one practical thing that you can do that would be good news to somebody around you? And as you think about it, make plans to do it. Put it in your calendar. Make a post-it note somewhere that will remind you to go do it and that you would bless others with what God has given you. There is a a video that I ran across this week I wanted to share with you that uh, is a great... Uh, I think, illustration of the ups and downs of joy. Let's watch.